When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Speakernomics, the podcast about becoming a better speaker and building a better business. I'm your host, Tom Singer, and I have the honor every single week to interview some of the best people in the speaking business to share ideas so that you can go out and make your business grow. And today, we don't have just one guest, we have two guests. I am joined by Frank Kitchen, CSP, and by Joe Fingerhut. Hey, Frank. Hey, Joe. Thanks for being on Speakernomics. Awesome to be here, Tom. Thank you, Tom. Honored to be a part of this. Today, we're going to talk about intentional collaboration with other speakers, because I say it all the time. The secret sauce to the speaking business is having speaker friends. And when you have real friendships, speakers help other speakers get booked. And Frank and Joe, over the last couple of years, have developed a friendship, and that friendship has led to collaboration that has got both of them more work than they would have had if they hadn't worked together. So we're going to talk about this. So Frank and Joe, what are your two tips for speakers on how to intentionally collaborate? Joe, let's start with you. Big thing is ask yourself, how can I? Ooh, I like that one. And Frank, tip number two? Tip number two is you have to have a live fresh mindset. All right, so we're going to dive into this and uncover some ideas of how all of you who are listening can collaborate with your friends and make more money. For those of you who don't know Joe Fingerhut and Frank Kitchen, Joe is a professional speaker who does many fun and different things in his presentations. He does magic. He does juggling. He's funny. He rides a unicycle. And he has a legit pile of experiences from his career that he weaves in to how he serves his clients. And Frank Kitchen, he loves to cook stuff up. Did you get that metaphor? Because his last name is Kitchen. He plays off his last name as, as a way to build powerful metaphors to help people feel good about themselves and transform. And he does this through his recipes for success. So how did the two of you actually meet? Let's go back to, to your initial connection with one another. Should I start on this one, Joe? Give us the story. Father's Day, baby. Yeah, Father's Day 2015, Tom. Um, I had just been fired from my job, and I told people the scary moment was my wife uh, said, hey, we're going to go see my parents. So I got to go into my father-in-law's house and go, hey, guess what? I lost my job. I want to be a professional speaker. <laughs> something, something we all have loved to tell our father-in-laws, yeah. Yeah, we, we love that one. And my wife just happens to be his youngest daughter. But the, the thing was, after that, my wife said something scary to me. And the scary thing was, take my dad with you. I had actually signed up for a speaker showcase there in New Mexico. 
and he'd never seen me speak. So now we got to take my father-in-law with me to watch me speak in front of a couple hundred people for a speaker showcase. And when I went there, I ran into this other speaker and his name happened to be Joe Fingerhut. And he was speaking after me. So I did my speech and then I went to go watch Joe speak. And after it was over, my father-in-law said some scary words to me, which was, let's go home and talk about this. Of which, even as an adult, when you have a father figure say, let's go home and talk about this, you think that you're in trouble. So going back to my teenage years, I'm like, okay, how do I get out of trouble? You bring some friends with you. I'm like, so, hey, Joe, you want to come over for dinner? So Joe says yes. So Joe shows up with a six pack and we proceed to sit in the backyard for several hours talking about how do we build and start a speaking career um, while talking to my father-in-law during this process. And that was what kicked off our friendship. Nice. And when did you all figure out that this idea of intentional collaboration just might get you more gigs? It was an organic process that the pandemic helped the, the big thing, we had referred each other over the years. And in fact, um, one of our, our big referral trade-offs, like I'd done this big conference in Missouri and the next year I was like, you got to get Frank. And they, I mean, they barely glanced at him. They're like, yes, Frank, you're in. So we're in our driveway, in my driveway. Frank flew in to do this and we just like, let's, we visualize how we're going to work together. Then the pandemic hit. And there was a conference like the week that the world collapsed that Frank had recommended me to join him and speak at. So they committed. And then that was the first one. They were like, we got to go, we got to cancel. And we both use our NSA knowledge to be like, actually let's provide a virtual program. And that was really the building block of the two years that we worked together during the pandemic. And since that point, we've probably worked together 30 times, but Joe just made the comment. He goes, Hey Frank, what are we supposed to do? Mow lawns? He's like, let's figure this out. So I think that's fascinating because, you know, like I said, I really believe that having speaker friends is that secret sauce to this business. And I learned from Ross Bernstein, who is in the Speaker Hall of Fame. He's a CPA. I learned from him that he said that when you're not booked through a bureau, when you're directly booked, Every time you finish a speech, you should tell that meeting planner, hey, now that I've spent time with you and I understand your audience, I have a few ideas of people who might be able to serve you for next year. And being able to refer one or a couple of friends to that meeting planner always makes the meeting planner happy. Nobody ever says, don't you dare refer a great speaker to me. And so I also try to do that where I'm always trying to work with that. But narrowing it down to having a smaller group where you always refer each other, I actually think is a brilliant way to get more business. And I've seen several other people have success by having a group of one or two other speakers who they tell every single direct client, oh my gosh, next year you have to have Frank or next year you have to have Joe or whoever it is in their particular group. So let's dive into your tips. Joe, you you gave tip number one and that was ask, how can I? What do you mean by that? Well, it's a simple mindset. When we say I can't, that's a, that's a statement. Right. There's a period you're just your mind kind of gives up when you have the how can I mindset you're asking a, you're programming your mind with a question. So you're begging for answers. So you're already trying to find your way. Then when you have somebody else that you're working with, it just becomes how can I support you? How can I refer you? How can how can we it goes from how can I to how can we and you just start searching those answers together and seeking solutions. And when you collaborate, I mean, Frank's given me so many ideas and he's come to me with some issues and, you know, problems that we've had to brainstorm. And it's like when you're working together, you're just seeking solutions 
that just provide incredible results. So, but a lot of people, you know, and I've talked to people who have this attitude, they're thinking, well, I don't want to refer another speaker for next year because I want them to bring me back. Now, in my experience, that's happened a few times, but most of the time they don't want the same speaker next year. And this is something else I learned from Ross in, in this area. And that was that he knew two things were true. That conference is going to happen again next year and they don't want the same keynoter. And I get pushback. People go, well, maybe I, I you know, I, I want to try. I have a second topic. I can do a follow up. But when you have the attitude of how can I refer my friend? How can I do this? More stuff is going to come to you than maybe those two year in a row things that really are pretty rare. So when you have this attitude of part of my job is to promote my friend as well, what are some of the things you do? Well, uh, the big piece is like when Joe says, how can I, it's like, how can I be your biggest fan? Because if you think if you're a fan, Joe and I love sports, when you're a fan of a team, you have no problem sharing with everybody about your fandom or why it's so great to be a fan of that team. So for me, referring Joe is really good because I'm his biggest fan. I know the fact that he's got kids and his wife and we know each other's kids' birthdays. And it can essentially break down how they are on stage and off stage to really help sell when people can see that passion that you have for somebody else. Because, you know, being passionate, being confident, you know, is the best way to go sell something. People are like, OK, well, Frank's a professional speaker and believes this person so much. I should at least consider watching. So the idea is uh, when I said it's just this fandom of just going. Hey, I am as my friends, my network, my mastermind. I'm their biggest fan. If you're a biggest fan, you should have no problem sharing. And even for me and Joe, it's crazy because we both speak on mindset. We both use activities and entertainment. So people are like, well, Joe should be your competition. Joe is not my competition because as you said, we can't keep going back to the same place over and over again. So by being a fan, you're not only a fan of the other speaker, you're a fan of that organization and you want the best for them too. Joe, anything to add to that? Yeah, when it's a win-win when I'm referring Frank. Like if, if I can help a client score a home run with their keynote speaker this year, it doesn't have to be me. I think one thing that's helped Frank and I is just to have a long-term mindset, um, a long-term approach. Like we are in this for the long run. And if you don't want to hire me next year, that's fine. I want you to have a great experience. Get Frank. I'm going to look good. And there's a good chance that I'll come back, you know, the next year or in the next couple of years. So it's just all about how can I serve both my collaborator here and how can I serve the client best, whether it's me on stage or getting them somebody good on stage. So you guys have been friends for seven years doing the math of, of when you met, but really for the last two years is when you've really been in this intentional collaboration type mindset. So one of the important things to be able to intentionally refer somebody is you got to have that time to get to know each other and you have to have that time to be able to know what makes the other person great on stage. So obviously over the years, you've seen each other speak a lot of times. So part of, you know, the thing that I would say using your advice of how can I, one of the questions was, how can you see your friends speak? I, I have a lot of really good friends in this industry who've never seen me speak. I've never seen them speak. We, we assume the other one is good because we're both working. However, how do you get to that point where you actually really know this person is, is worthy? How, how can people say, how can I, and get to know each other, but also get to know each other's product by seeing each other on stage? A, have the world shut down because of pandemic, and B, book a bunch of virtual events together where you can see it. Yeah, I mean, That's kind of the smart aleck answer. Frank, take over. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Joe's being honest. I mean, when we actually did our first deal together, Tom, like we had referred each other for work. We'd seen videos of each other. 
and we'd gone to dinner together and gone, but we, is that same thing. Joe flew in one night. I'm flying out. We sat at the airport and talking like, Hey, wouldn't it be cool? How can we like work together? So we finally got our first deal together. I was like, Oh my God, how often do you guys work together? I'm like, this is our first time. And I'm like, what? Like, yeah, we know each other. We've known each other for five years, but we've never actually seen each other speak other than the back of a room once or twice. And that just, you know, had people clicking. When we looked at each other, we realized how much overlap we had with our our message and our content. We actually started to book each other as either Joe's the opening, I'm the closing. And we realized our messages flowed together. So that actually is what happened virtually for about a year. We just actually started to book ourselves as a package deal. Interesting. And then I'll add to that. Uh, you can be intentional uh, with clients. Like a, a lot of times clients will want two speakers, whether it's an opening and closing. And then because you're in communication and you're looking forward to hanging out with this person, hopefully you just make the effort. I mean, and it's, it's a motivation for us. It's a carrot hanging to be like, we get to be in this. Cause now the pandemic is sort of letting up over the last couple months. We've been able to be in person together at multiple events where, you know, we're, I, I picked Frank up from the airport and drove to this event. We flew to another state, hung out for two days. And then, um, so just again, being intentional about planning. And to be honest, there's a point where, especially during the pandemic, our kids were home. So Joe would go, he's going to do a live or he's going to go do a deal. I'm like, okay, well, my kids need to be entertained. So we sat back and watched Joe as a family and then vice versa. I'm getting ready to do a speech and I see Joe pop up in a corner with his kids. So there's even a point of exposing our families to, you know, to each other and seems like, well, Hey, we've got nothing to do here. Let's go watch another speaker and study. Well, and one of the things that, that I think is when you're going into a town and you've got speaker friends in that city, Invite them to come watch you speak. I mean, I've never had a client say no to that request is, hey, I've, you know, I've got a friend here who lives in Detroit. You know, can she come watch me speak? Just sit in the back of the room. You don't have to feed her. I've never had a client say no to that. I mean, maybe if you were in certain industries, they might not want an outsider. But 99% of the time, the answer to that is yes. And if you have a friend coming to town, ask them, hey, can I come see you speak? Because once you've seen somebody and they're great, it is so easy to be intentional about referring them. And so I think that that's an underlying message. You don't have to become best friends and have your families be best friends, but you need to have that friendship level where you fully grasp what the other person's product is and what they deliver so that you know, hey, I can do this. Let's move on to tip number two. Tip number two actually came from Frank, and it's another little play off of the last name of, of Kitchen, and that is his tip was that you got to have the live fresh mindset. So, Frank, what do you mean by a live fresh mindset? So when we say a live fresh mindset, when Joe and I first met, we said there's a lot of things. We both start our careers around the same time. And many times for speakers, we will talk about what we want to do. We will think about what we want to do, but we don't put into action. We don't actually work to manifest it. You know, we'll tell everybody, oh, I'm a speaker. And but we don't pick up the phone or make the emails. Hey, you know what? I'd love to work and travel and do this, but we don't put the work in. So when we say living fresh, it's a case of everybody loves something that's, quote, fresh from the kitchen. It means you've put the work in, you put in the energy. So when Joe and I started to collaborate together, we essentially wrote down all of our ideas that we had had. And then we started to figure out how can we partner together to make those ideas, you know, from a dream into a reality. Yeah, completely. And what Frank said, we were intentional with our goals. Um, 
we wanted to work together. And a lot of times it wasn't like setting, uh, we want to do this by this certain time, but we just would talk and be open. Like, wouldn't it be great to do this? Wouldn't it and started? Wouldn't it be great to work together for the same client. It wouldn't be great to start referring our, just building our own clients and our own gigs together by referring. And then it was, wouldn't it be great to just get our families on board? And it was a long process. It all culminated this past summer at Influence when all of our families sat down together, like both of our wives and all of our kids at the, at the same restaurant. And it was like, it was happening. Yep. And um, so take action on it. I love this idea of approaching your business planning together from a fresh mindset. I love the idea of, hey, we've never done this before. This isn't necessarily the normal model for speakers saying, how how can we work together more often? How can we how can we do this? So if you start with that, to use a Frankism, that recipe, <laughs> you know, if you were building an actual recipe, if you were going to create a new way to make a spaghetti sauce that nobody's ever done before, it would be a totally blank canvas. And you're like, okay, uh, we can use tomatoes, but we're not going to be tomato based. We're going to actually use squash. And you would try things and you would have to try it multiple times before you'd be like, Mwah, that is a great spaghetti sauce. So in looking at this idea of just being totally fresh with your approach to working together, what is some advice that you would have for people who are listening to this show right now going, I want more business. It's a lonely business. I'm really good friends with with Becky or Brian. Maybe I could make Becky or Brian listen to Speakernomics and then we could sit down and create our own recipe. How would you tell others to copy what you've done? Well, I'm going to feed into you, Joe. Let's work it backwards the way this interview has been going. We, Joe and I both often share on stage is like, if you're afraid to share your dream, you're afraid to live it. So the first step is what are all these big dreams that you have? You actually literally have to write them down and then once you write them down, you have to be willing to share it with that person that you trust, which would be another speaker. And once you share them, then the question becomes, and I'll turn it over to Joe is now to go back to Joe is you've written them down. Now it's like, how can I, so how can I turn that dream into reality? So then what we do after that, Joe. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> building on that, it's uh, it's the whole begin with the end in mind, right? What are you working towards? And so to answer your question, Tom, how can somebody copy that? I would say two big things that have been a part of our collaboration is know that there's a common vibe with what you're both going for. Like Frank and I are both mindset speakers. Um, we both have a, we bring a lot of energy to the stages and the clients and the events that we work with. So that's number one, right? And then number two is it helps to like the person. <laughs> it's one thing to just be like, Hey, let's work together. you got a good website. Um, you know, it sounds like we can help each other, but you know, if you don't, if there's not fully that buy-in, that personality vibe or that friendship, um, it could be either a competition or begrudging. Like, oh, I guess you can, I have to refer, refer them. Like our bond has grown because we know each other and we like each other. So we've been able to make that happen personally and professionally. That helps so much. Yeah. Cause we jumped into this. It was never like, Oh, let me go be friends with him so I can get more speaking jobs. The first piece was, okay, he was a family guy. And they're like, oh, Frank, he's like, I got to fly the red eye back so I can be to my daughter's bus stop on her birthday to, you know, make sure I'm there for her birthday to take her to school. That's something I always do. I'm like, oh, wait, I like that about him. Or, you know, it was a point of Joe going, hey, I've traveled around the world or I've, you know, we talk about niching down, but he's like, Frank, I do like four or five things. I'm like, 
I do four or five things too. So it was just the case was that's where the friendship started. It was just, oh, there's somebody who's quote, I'll watch how I say it on here, who's weird like me. And, and that became the piece of like, okay, right. I, I need another, you know, weirdo or another person who goes, yeah, everybody around me says, go get a real job. And we're like, well, no. So as Joe says, number one was share the dreams. Number two is like, you have to really like that person. But the number three is you have to realize, even though they are, you know, your friend and you got the same dreams, they may have knowledge that you don't have. So how can you utilize that knowledge? So the collaboration is I've got certain skills and traits. So back to your saying about the cooking thing, Tom. Okay. I'm good about making main dishes. Joe's good about making side dishes. Guess what? You can't have a complete meal without having those without having those together. So that's what we started to figure out. What's Joe good at? What's Frank good at? And how can we collaborate together to make that, you know, present this meal that we both are hungry for? So what I love about this conversation is I've seen I've been active in the National Speakers Association for coming up on 14 years. And I personally have experienced this and I've seen it in so many people. There are so many deep friendships that are created between speakers because it is a weird business. Frank, you made the reference that people go, when are you getting a real job? You know, people don't understand necessarily what it is to live inside this business. So I've seen a lot of great friendships created. I've also seen a lot of mastermind groups. I'm part of one that's been together for a decade that people get together and they're there to help each other grow their business. They become sort of a a mini board of directors for each other. And if the group is fortunate enough to stay together, like my group has for a decade, friendships become bonded. I mean, you know, with Eliz Green, Jessica Pettit and Jerry O'Brien, I'm as close to them as I am with my siblings. And I have three older brothers who I'm super close with. And, you know, we've developed over a decade this this thing that if we all dropped out of the business tomorrow, we would still get together like we do. Our, our mastermind group gets together in person because we live all over the country. We rent an Airbnb. And we have, on occasion, referred to each other. But the purpose of the mastermind group is really the camaraderie the understanding and that sort of board of directors type advice. And then the first thing I mentioned, the, the purpose of that friendship, they're, they're friendships. What you've done is you've meshed those together and said, now, how do we actually impact each other's bottom lines? And that's what excites me. So, you know, I know it wasn't necessarily it was intentional, but I don't think you knew you were going to have this much success. Again, let's go back to the advice for people. What can they do if they already have a mastermind group or they already have great friends or both? How can they get to the point where they're really impacting each other's bottom line? I mean, I'd say the first piece is, and Joe and I have done this, is I need to see Joe speak, but really understand his business inside and out. So, I mean, Joe has literally interviewed me to ask, like he's made jokes that he's like, Frank, I could probably deliver your keynote. I mean, so that's, that's the big piece is to truly understand, you know, what that other speaker is about, because how can you sell a product that you don't understand? As Frank and I worked together, and especially virtually, it's a little easier to spend more time virtually seeing each other in action. It just got to a point where, I mean, there was a moment I realized like, oh, Frank could probably give my speech and I could probably give Frank's speech. Maybe not like to the tip top version, but it's just like we know each other's material. We have confidence in it. And it's funny. You get to know how the other one operates and you can be like, you were really on today. Like I could see it. Or, hey, you did this this one way, you know, you can start giving them input and stuff. So it really helps just knowing more, much more than like, okay, I have a friend who's a speaker. Here's his website. Check him out. It's like, no, 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 no. Frank is perfect because of this. Right. I've seen it. Nice, nice. That, that, that's awesome. And you were talking about the fact 
that asking each other and really sitting down, not just what are you trying to accomplish, but what are your big dreams in life? How important is it to be effective in this type of intentional collaboration to really understand the other person at that level of their soul? How important is that? So I think it allows you to really push and challenge and hold accountable that person. You can decide, hey, let's talk once a week as an accountability team. I've done that. I did that earlier in my career with a couple people and it was good, but it was more like, what are you doing this week to push things forward? But then when you know somebody layers deep, like Frank and I have gotten to know each other, you're not thinking the next week or the next month. It's like, what do we want to do in the next couple of years? And how does that look in the next week? What actions are we taking towards that? And then there's always suggestions. Well, hey, how about this? How about we haven't thought about that? Please, you know, how about you do more with that? And it just helps the help keeps the momentum going. Yeah. And and the other one is, you know, I hate to say the whole Simon Sinek why thing, but you also, once you know each other, you know what the motivations are. So even like when you're quote driving around and they're not with you, you're like, oh, this might be good for your kid, might be good for your family. Or in the case of me knowing Joe, Joe is a huge NBA fan. And Joe, you know, is going to be traveling to New York. And I happen to know somebody who works for the New York Knicks. So why Joe's speaking? We say this is a lifestyle business. I've connected with my friends. So now guess what? Joe can go be in the Mecca. He can be in Madison Square Garden while he's speaking. And that's just something that, you know, it's one thing to set people up for work. But when you truly understand what's going to set them up for success, of which the success is personal and professional, um, that's the other beauty to where, you know, we can refer even those types of ideas to each other. Well, guys, I've gotten to know both of you over the last you know couple of years and, and have had time to spend time one-on-one. Uh, Joe and I found the best Mexican food people can find in Iowa uh, a, a month or two ago, and I've been on a hike with Frank. And, and you both are really good giving people at your soul. Do you think to have this type of intentional collaboration, you have to be a person who leads with how can I serve? Or can you do this and, you know, just be thinking about what's in it for me. Well, one of my fa- there's hundreds of definitions of leadership. My favorite definition is leadership is getting what you want by helping other people get what they want. And my biggest wins happen when the people around me, the people I care about win. And if I can help that, if I can make that happen, it makes every victory even more sweeter. So to answer your question, you can succeed being a little more self-centered or I don't know if you want to use the word greedy or whatever. It feels better to have the servant leadership mindset. Well, and the legendary Zig Ziglar said it best, right? You can have anything you want in this world if you help other people get what they want in this world. So I think that's great. Frank, anything to add to that? I mean, I'll, I'll wrap it up. I guess if you would say it's a story and the ultimate story is, you know, a few months ago, Joe and I went through the CSP process because one of the dreams said, well, we want to both get our CSP. Like, oh, cool. Then we should probably work it together. We So we arranged our timeline so where we could go for the CSP together. And I got mine this year. Joe didn't. Joe was still the first person to celebrate. We were speaking at an event together in Vermont. He took me out to dinner and I felt bad. And Joe's like, Frank, bring your chin up. I'm like, he's like, it's still something to celebrate. So fast forward a few months. Now it's time for me to get my CSP. And Joe calls me up on the way to Nashville and goes, hey, Frank, guess who's going to be speaking at the Influence Conference? Because that's something that's on our dream list. We'd both like to speak at Influence. And I'm like, who? And he goes, me. He goes, the one speaker is not there, but he's a friend of mine. And he referred me. So I'm going to open up the youth leadership conference at Influence. So I tell my wife and we're like, oh, even though we have all these workshops, excuse me for this NSA, we're like, we have to go support Joe. 
And so we went back and we're, and here's the case, even though I'm supposed to be there for me and my CSP, we've got our cameras, our phones, and we're getting all the video and marketing footage because we know this will be great for Joe. But the ultimate piece for the success was we knew how important it was for his kids to see him. Joe's kids are in the audience and his wife years ago had said, Hey, Joe, I'd love to see you speak here, not only at influence, but at Nashville. So at hey, the Lord. end of that, we hugged each other and Joe's got his success. I've got my success. And he just hugs me and he whispers in my ear. He goes, Frank, we manifested this and we goes, we manifested it together. I mean, so that was the ultimate success. It wasn't that one person achieved more than the other is a case was once again, we shared the ideas. We talked about how to make it work. We didn't necessarily put a timeline to it, but because we talked about it when we pushed each other, Nashville was a success for both of us. Awesome. Well, Joe Fingerhut and Frank Kitchen, thank you so much for being here and sharing your story on Speakernomics. Do you have any other last words for the people who are listening? I'll just say whatever it is you want to do, gotta have the how can I mindset. Ask yourself, how can I constantly look for those answers and get after it? Don't think about it, everybody. Don't talk about it. Cook it up. And one of the things you got to cook up is just strong relationships with other speakers. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for being here. And thank you to everybody who tuned in and listened. I want you to join us every single week for more thoughts, ideas, and actionable information on how to make more money and grow your business as a professional speaker. And always remember the motto of this podcast. Speak. Get get paid. paid, Repeat. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.